Amen. All right. Notice in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So right there in Ecclesiastes, we just see a principle that's very clear. Two are better than one. And it's specifically when it's talking about two being better than one, it's in reference to their labor. Okay, You don't get twice as much done with two people as versus one person. You can get five times or ten times as much done when there is two instead of one. A lot more is going to accomplish when you pair up with somebody. And I show you that because what I want to talk about tonight I think is an important subject. I want to talk about the importance of a silent partner. And so, you know, we obviously do a lot of souling around here and think it's very important. And you'll often hear us maybe refer to a silent partner. You hear somebody go out and they'll talk about, you know, I go souling, but I'm just a silent partner. As if it's not that big of a deal. But I'm here today to tell you that a silent partner is a very big deal. A silent partner is very important. And I'm afraid that many people are missing out on great rewards. They are uh, missing out on a great opportunity to help in an incredible way because they just they have it in their head that if I'm not talking, I'm not doing anything. And that is just not the case. That is not the case. If you go as a silent partner, you go out soloing with one of the solers and you are just there with them, you are, in fact, accomplishing something. And you're accomplishing a great deal more than you even know. And so whenever we go soloing, we, we send people out two by two. And why do we do this? Well, that's what they did in the Bible. Uh, Mark chapter 6 and verse 7. I'm going to show, show you several things here. Um, Mark chapter 6, verse 7, it says, And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power of unclean spirits. So Jesus, when he sent his disciples out, he didn't send them out one by one. He sent them out two by two. And there's a reason for that, right? When Jesus did stuff, when the Bible tells us how things were done, it's not just telling them these things just to fill up space. Okay, There was a reason behind it. There's a, there was a method to it. And Jesus, when he would send the disciples out, he sent them out two by two. You know, you think, well, couldn't they cover more territory if it was one by one? Instead of being in six towns, they could have been in 12 towns. But the thing is, so much more is accomplished when you pair up. And so Jesus did that. He sent them out two by two. And throughout the Bible, we see there's examples that we see in the New Testament of all, and even in the Old Testament of what, you know, I would call dynamic duos. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. So even when Jesus calls the twelve, it actually specifically tells us in Matthew chapter 10 how He sent them out. You know, He sent these guys out in pairs and it says in Matthew 10 verse 1, and He had called on them as twelve disciples. He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Okay? So once again, wouldn't it make sense to send them out one by one because now they can be in twelve cities instead of six. But no, he sent them out two by two. Why? Did it take two of them to lay hands? Couldn't just one of them done it? Yeah, you could say they could, but Jesus wanted them going out two by two. And so now the names of the twelve apostles are these. And I believe this is first. I think this is showing how they were paired up. And it says, first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. That's one pair. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. That's another pair. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Levius, whose name was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Don't you see how they put the twos together there? It was kind of showing the pairs. This is how Jesus sent them out. So, if Jesus did it that way, I think it's just smart for us to just go ahead and do it that way. Now, I think it makes sense to do it two by two. But even if, it, even if we didn't understand why, even if it didn't make sense... I think we should just do it that way because if Jesus did it that way, that's good enough right there. But you know, even in the Old Testament, we see what I call the dynamic dudes. You know, you got Moses and Joshua that you see together. You have Elijah and Elisha. After that, you have Elisha and Gehazi. You have, uh, you know, and then uh, after Christ, you have Paul and Barnabas. And then later, he teamed up 
with Paul and Silas. You see them teaming up like that a lot. And with these, you know, dynamic duos, if you want to call them that, which that's Batman and Robin, right? They're the, aren't they the original dynamic duo? But anyway, uh, look at Acts chapter 14, verse 12. It says this, so Paul and Barnabas are there preaching and we're not going to read the whole story, but it says in Acts 14, 12, it says, and they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Okay, so even with Paul and Barnabas, you kind of had one that took the lead. You had one that was the chief speaker. He was kind of the main guy. And it's the same thing when we go out soul winning, you have a, a talker and a silent partner. That doesn't mean if you're a silent partner, you're never allowed to talk. Okay, sometimes when I go out with people who like to talk, often we take turns, you know, but at the same time, when we go from house to house, it's already kind of decided, hey, this one is the lead in that situation. But it doesn't mean, you know, there's never going to be an opportunity to talk, but it's clear that one is kind of the chief speaker. One's kind of taking the lead. And obviously that's what they did back in the Bible days too. But a silent partner, they don't necessarily have to talk to anyone. So obviously people think, oh, I, can't, I couldn't be a soul owner. I could never talk to somebody. Well, then just go be a silent partner. You won't have to talk to anybody. You know, and, and when a silent partner goes out, okay, they, it's, it's, I believe it's necessary. I'm going to show you this message. And I'm telling you, it's important. Okay? It is very important. Why, why is a silent partner important? Well, first off, twice as much soul winning gets done when a silent partner shows up. A lot of people think, well, I don't even know why I would need to show up for soul winning. I'm not going to help. I don't talk. You're still helping because either way, we're going to do it like Jesus did. We're going to send people out two by two. And so if we have two, you know, if, if there's four talkers that show up and no silent partners show up, guess what? We're only sending out two groups. We're going to just send two talkers together and they're going to have to take turns. But if we have silent partners show up, now there's, more, there's going to be more people out there talking. There's going to be more gospel presentations being done. Okay, And so you just need to understand, when you show up, even if you don't speak a word, more soul winning is going to get done. More people are going to hear the gospel just because you showed up. We're not going to send them out one by one. Okay, Sometimes you have an odd man, you have to go by yourself, but I'm telling you, we're going to try to send people out two by two. And more soul winning is going to get done if you show up, even if you don't open your mouth. And so, uh, you know, Twice as much gets accomplished when you show up. And, that, and you know what? In reality, more than twice as much gets accomplished. Because you know what? The more people that show up for soul winning, the more other people are encouraged to continue doing it. I hear this all the time, and this aggravates me really bad with people. Maybe they'll come visit our church, and they, they want to come here, and they want to come soul winning with us. And I'll ask them about the soul winning. Well, don't they go soul winning in your church? Well, yeah, but hardly anybody shows up. Well, you can still go, so you're only going to go if the crowd goes? Well, you know, it's just the pastor. I can promise you that pastor would love to have you go with them. He would love to have a silent partner with him. You don't, and it's like a lot of people, they'll go to the soul winning marathons and they'll go where it's big and popular and everybody's doing it. But you know what? You ought to be willing to go somewhere where there's only one or two people going out. In fact, they need you more than that church that has hardly anybody. It's easy to do it. When there's a whole bunch of people doing it, it's hard when there's not very many. And I'll tell you, when we started the church here, there were many times I went out by myself. And you know what? I'm just going to be real honest with you. When we started the church here, there were many times when I was going to go out and I just didn't. I thought of other stuff to do. Because you know what? It's no fun going out by yourself. And if there would have been a silent partner, more soul winning would have gotten done even then. Just because, you know... Sometimes you get in the flesh. Sometimes you just, you know, you don't do it. And a lot of times, because that extra person showed up, it gave me the extra motivation I needed to get my backside out there and go and knock those doors. So, a lot more is going to get done just with you showing up. You're going to encourage the soul winners that are there. You're going to encourage maybe that soul winner that's, that's weak and they're not used to doing it. They're not committed to motivate them to continue coming. But either way, your presence, it makes a difference. Your presence will cause more people to be hearing the gospel 
And it will also motivate other people to keep going. I wonder if a lot of the churches you know, would still have soul winning if they would actually have people showing up. You know why a lot of churches are quitting soul winning? Because it's only the pastor that's going out. Now, they shouldn't quit. They ought to do it anyway. I get that. But who wants to do that? I don't want to just go out by myself all the time. I want people to be there. And there's a, there are many people today, there are churches that would probably still be soul winning. There would be soul winners or people who used to be soul winners that are no longer soul winners because they just didn't have somebody to go with them. I talk to people all the time that are in different parts of the country. Maybe there's somewhere where they, there, there are no churches with any soul winning programs. There are churches out there that discourage soul winning. And there's people, they want to go and they, just, they want somebody to go with them. They need somebody there to motivate them. They want that silent partner. And they cannot find that person. Just somebody who would be willing to say, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to walk along and I'm going to show up. And, but people aren't willing to do that because they don't think it makes a difference. But it does make a difference. More people are going to hear the Gospel if you show up as a silent partner. And also, another re- reason it's important is you give that accountability. Is one, if you are in a situation where it is a really small church or that has a really small group or it's just that one person, they're more likely to actually go out. Okay? When, I, when we started this church, nobody was here pushing me to go soul winning. I had to push myself. And sometimes I didn't push very hard. You know? But if I had that silent partner, that could have helped. That person who was keeping an eye, who was being accountable, but not just accountability to get me doing it, but accountability too, just because you, know, you never know. We could, you, know, you could always be accused of something. You know, It looks better if it's two people together instead of one person by themselves. I'll say more about that in a little bit. But you know we need that accountability too because we want to make sure people are preaching sound doctrine when they go out. We don't want somebody coming here you know, by themselves and, and so, go, that goes out soul winning and they're doing a one, two, three, repeat after me and coming back and reporting all these numbers and they're not really getting people saved. We don't want them out you know, knocking on doors, representing our church, passing out our flyers and our tracts and, tell, and teach a work salvation. We don't want that. Well, how are we going to know? Well, it'll help if we're sending them out two by two. We've got some accountability there. You know, we're, we're, we, we're going to be less likely to have some person that's going to go out there giving people the Gospel, but not telling people to call on the name of the Lord for salvation. A lot of these things happen in soul-winning churches where there are people that get caught up in the one, two, three, repeat after me, or don't even have them calling the Lord for salvation, or just preaching false doctrine. And if, we have, if we're pairing people up, especially if we switch off people every once in a while, that is far less likely to happen. So you can help, you can help keep the soul winning good in our church just by you showing up. And that way too, because I can't go out with everybody, but if we have somebody in the church, you're just a silent partner... But you're going and you're going out with different people and you're hearing somebody preach that false doctrine. Hey, you can come and let me know. You could save our church a lot of embarrassment by letting me know so we don't have somebody out there preaching false doctrine and making our church look bad. I mean, you said you help more than you understand. So you're going to motivate each other to actually go out. Hey, I've got this person they're planning on going with me today. You know, just you going up to them saying, hey, you know, Brother Mark, you going with me this Sunday, next Sunday? Can I go with you next Saturday? Just him knowing, hey, this person's expecting to go with me. Right there, that might be the extra motivation. Because let me tell you, it's easy to come up with excuses not to go. Alright? I could write a book on excuses for not going soul winning. Alright? And it's going to be volume two of my book of excuses. Volume one is excuses people come up with for not coming to church. Alright? And I, I, I could write a book on that. With all the excuses I've heard. But you are, you're, you're a witness to what's taking place. Whether it be somebody getting saved. Or, you know, if something interesting happens. You know, I mean, don't you hate it when you see something really cool and something really great happens and nobody else is there to witness it? You're like, oh man, nobody's going to believe this story. You know, no, nobody's going to believe this really happened. You know, I went and I gave this family the gospel, man. And, you know, I mean, the whole family ended up getting saved and this happened and that happened. And it's this, this great story. 
and you don't have any witnesses. It just stinks, all right? I don't want to look like a Phil kid who gets up and is always telling these just tremendous stories that nobody believes, all right? You know, nobody believes, and he never has any witnesses. You know, there's nobody that can back up his claim. But boy, those stories are incredible. Well, listen, if I get an incredible story, I don't want to look like one of these preachers that just... You know, I, I want to have a witness, you know, hey, brother Lonnie, you were there with your brother Mark, you were there, you were there, right? You know, hey, he can back me up. He, he you know, he knows he was there when that happened. Oh, that, that it's, it's just encouraging. It helps. And so uh, that accountability, it's very important. And then also it will, it will help you avoid bad appearances when someone's with you. First Thessalonians 5.22 says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Well, unfortunately, one of the things that we've got to take into consideration today is there's a lot of perverts out there, isn't there? There's a lot of perverts. There's a lot of weirdos. A lot of the places we go, when we go walking up to a house, there might be kids in the yard. You know, you know, there, you know there might be a lady there present. You know, we don't, we don't know. And it's if it's just one person, it's you know, it's real easy to find yourself in a situation that looks bad. And you just you just never know. So if you go out two by two, if you do find yourself in a situation like that, you're less likely to get in trouble. All right. You know, you rarely hear about kidnappers and perverts going out by twos. It's usually the one creeper all by himself. Right. So, you know, you it's it's better to go out two by two in this world we're living in. I, I think that's very important, especially today. We don't want to have the appearance of evil. I don't. I don't want the cops getting called on me, you know, because people thought I was a kidnapper, and the police comes driving up, and you know, it, it just looks bad. Okay, and we're in a small town. And we, re, you know, we really want to avoid that stuff. Interactions with the cops and just looking bad. People are going to remember us, and you know, we're going to, and we've knocked some of these doors many times. So these things are very important. But you are when you go along, you're a witness just in case someone would try to accuse us of something. I remember we had a situation one time when I was at my dad's church. We were out knocking doors, and we knocked on the door, and it was it was a, an old lady answered the door, and she was like, "Oh, I'm so glad you guys are here." And we're like, oh, "Why is that?" And she's like, "She's like, you know, we need your help." And they invite us in the house, and they're wanting us. They've got like one of these hospital beds in the bedroom, and the husband he's sitting in this chair, and he's got one of those electric chairs that has to like lift you up out of it. And he takes his walker. It takes him like five minutes to walk to his bedroom. I thought he was going to fall over. The guy could barely walk. And he wanted us to take the arms or the sides of that bed off because it was too hard for him to get in and out with those sides there. And so I'm in there with, uh, with the wife and then, or the husband. He like sat down in a chair in there. And then the wife's in the living room and the guy I was with, he's kind of trying to give her the gospel and stuff. And I'm in there trying to get to something. We need to get out of here. This old guy's going to fall over and he's never going to be able to get up and he's going to die of a heart attack. And people are going to be like, what were you guys doing in this house? I just wanted to get out of there. It looked bad. And I was so thankful that I had somebody with me. But even with both of us in there, I didn't think it looked great. And then anyway, so I finally, I heard it, but got up. I just wanted to get out of there. I like go in the living room. I, you know, we, we need to go. And then all of a sudden, the guy from the bedroom starts yelling for help. And fortunately, I was like, oh, no, he fell down. He didn't fall down, but he couldn't get out of the chair. So we had to go pretty much lift him out of the chair, help him back to seat. I was like, man, it was, it was just, it was terrible. It was just terrible. And it could have, you know, I kept thinking about all these things that could happen. And I remember thinking, though, you know, if something did happen, while well, it would look bad, we probably wouldn't get in trouble. At least there was two of us there, you know. And I always think, I, you know, I think about these things too. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, what if somebody got murdered in one of these houses around the time we're out soul winning? You know, would they accuse us? But I thought, what murderer, you know, goes door to door and leaves flyers and tracks with some of their information on it? In my case, with my name on it, you know. So I, you know, I figure I'm pretty safe there. But you know, you just never know what's going to happen. There's a lot of crazy stuff that can happen out there. There's a lot of crazy people. And I, I've seen crazy things. I went up to go walk the house one time, and right before I go up to the door, somebody comes storming out the front door, running across the field out into this cornfield. Next thing I know, a cop comes running from the backyard. He's like, did you see, did somebody come running out of the door? I'm like, yep, he's out in the cornfield. She went chasing after him. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And I was all by myself when that took place too, you know, but um, 
So I guess I could have told the story like I was a hero and I tackled the guy, but no, I'm not going to go all field kid or anything like that. But anyway, um, you know, we, we, we need to take these things into consideration. It is dangerous out there. Things could look bad. We want to maintain a good testimony. And when we're going out two by two, it's just better. You know, husband and wife is a great team too. Because if your wife's with you, you're le- it's less likely to look bad. And pe- you know, perverts don't usually go out, you know, chasing after kids with their wives with them. Or you know, even taking one of your children. That's another thing too. Your child can help get double soul winning done because they can come along, and they are. That's one more person. It's another thing that'll help people let the guard down. A lot of times, they're less likely to be rude when a kid is there. So even your child, who is is young, a little kid, they can help get more soul winning done just by being there, because it is it's it's one more person, and you know, and if you ever do have a run in with the cops or something like that, you know, most of them they're going to be less likely to be intimidated or nervous if they see you have a kid with them, you know. If it's me and brother Aaron, you know, we might be a little intimidating, you know. Maybe Aaron, I mean, I, you know, we, we might be a little intimidating, but you know what? If it's me and I got Allie with me or something, you know, the, the cop's going to be less likely to be a jerk. He's not going to feel intimidated or anything like that and act like, hopefully act like an idiot. You never know. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do, but chances are it's not going to happen. But I don't want, I don't want people thinking I'm a creeper. All right. I did have one time, you know, and sometimes you might get accused. There was one time we were actually doing bus visitation and we went up to go. Uh, this is when I was at my dad's church. It's me and another guy from the church and we're both wearing dress shirts and ties. And we go up to this house and the daughter answers the door. She's like a 10 year old girl. And we we're talking to her, telling her about some of the events we had coming up, seeing if she was going to ride the bus the next day. And some jerk comes over. And like treating us like we're just child molesters. Like, what are you doing talking to this girl and her dad? And I just starts flipping out on us. I wanted to pound that guy so bad. Thankfully, her dad, he like was outside somewhere, couldn't see us. And he came around the corner. And he was like, ah, oh, these guys are fine. They're from the church. But I'm thinking, you idiot. What two perverts have ever showed up in a pair wearing shirts and ties, you know, to find it, to kidnap a kid? You Loser, you know, I just, it, just, it ticked me off so bad. Sometimes you want to punch people when you're out there. And sometimes you need that silent partner to hold you back. All right? Sometimes you might need, because there are, there's the people that are going to get under your skin. And, you know, you just, you never know. But look at Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. <clears throat> this is a well-known verse too, but it says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. You know, sometimes we just need that person there. For that help, there's spiritual encouragement. Hey, while you're while you're walking from house to house, you know it's a good time of fellowship. It's a good time. You know, a lot of times the interactions that you have with people, uh, you know, it sparks conversations. It gets you talking about different doctrines, and it is it's a way that talking about the scriptures, you know, just the the constant talking about God as you go from house to house, trying to answer different questions. All these things are going to help you be a better Christian. They're going to get you more interested in the things of God. They're going to get you more interested in the Bible. Because when, whenever you're that silent partner, I, I know when I was younger and I was almost always a silent partner, and I would go out, sometimes I would hear people ask really hard questions. And whenever I would hear questions, I, you know, I would always think, how would I answer that? You know? And sometimes people would ask a question, I'd be like, whoa, I'm glad they didn't ask me that. But then I would listen to hear what the talker would say. I would listen to them answer that question. And I'd be like, oh man, that's good. I'm going to use that if I ever get asked a question. Or sometimes like, they got stumped and I didn't really know anything either. Later I'd go and I'd look it up in the Bible and I would try to find out. All these things are going to help you be a better Christian just from you going out, just with you talking amongst each other, just encouraging each other. And sometimes we need that encouragement because you know, instead of one falls, the other can lift them up. Sometimes we need that encouragement because sometimes we go through dry spells where hardly anybody gets saved. You know, I don't get people saved every week that I go out. I haven't got anybody saved the last two weeks I've gone out. You know, I sometimes will go, I'll have several trips where I go out and, you know, I have some days I don't even get to give the gospel out. That's, that's how bad it is. People just aren't receptive. Nobody's answering the door. And you can't, you can go out, you can knock doors for over an hour and not even get to give one gospel presentation. 
You know, that kind of stinks. But you know what? I enjoy the fellowship that goes on without soul winning. I enjoy the, the, the talking. I, I, I have a good time with it. You know, a lot of times the person I go out with, a lot of times they get a sneak peek of what I'm going to be preaching the next day. Sometimes I kind of practice my sermon on. Yeah, I'm going to be preaching. I'll, I'll get talking about these things. and It encourages me. I don't know if the person I'm going with is getting encouraged, but I'm getting encouraged by it. It's helping me out. You know, we're sharpening each other up. And when there's, when there's two, you know, there's a better chance that one of you is going to be in a good mood. So some days it might be me that needs lifted up. Someday it might be you that needs lifted up. You know, you, you never know. And, but that, that too, it's going to be better. You know, you can learn from each other's mistakes. You know, sometimes I, I love going with different people. Whenever I visit other churches and I go different places, I like going out with other people. I like watching how they soul winning. I like seeing how they present the gospel. And you know what? I learn stuff. You know, I'll hear, you know, hey, I never thought about that before. I learn things. Most of what I know about soul winning is I learned it by going out with somebody. I walked with them, I watched, and I observed, and I learned, and it helped me out a lot. And there's a lot of people out there today, they want to go soul winning, they listen to the preaching about soul winning, they hear about it, they go to churches where it's not promoted, and, you know, they'll, but at the same time, a lot of them have never had the opportunity to actually go out with somebody. And there's a, there's a fellow tomorrow who's supposed to be coming out here, wanting to drive down here. He, he needs to go soulmate with somebody. He wants to see how it's done. wants to know how we do it. And so, uh, yeah, I'll take you. We're going to go out and try to just show him how it's done. And hopefully he'll learn from that. And then take that and go do it somewhere else. And now even more soulmate is getting done. But we can we can learn. So sometimes people make mistakes. Sometimes they do good things. But it is it's a it's a great way to make friends. There's a lot of people today who go to churches and they can't figure out why they don't have any friends. Well, it's because you don't do anything with anybody. Well, you know, I just don't really feel like I'm in the in club with this church. It's because you don't do anything. You know, you, sometimes you just need to get involved. You know, it's amazing how many people they come walking into church. They just come waltzing in here. And, you know, we're all just supposed to know that they've got the greatest personality in the world. We're all just supposed to know that they're the greatest thing that ever happened to this church when they come walking in here. We're all just supposed to know that. We're all supposed to just all hover around them and sit around them and just, you know, fight for their attention. That's, that's their attitude they have. And you know what? We don't usually do that. And then these people, they come in and they wonder, why can't I connect with anybody? Why can't I feel like I'm a part of the church? Well, maybe it's because you're not doing anything. Maybe it's because you're not getting involved. Hey, there's a bunch of people in that church. They like soul winning. They like winning people to Christ. Why don't you participate in that? Instead of just coming and just filling the space all the time and doing absolutely nothing else, why don't you actually go and do the work that's being done? And maybe you'll find out, maybe if people walk with you for an hour, an hour and a half, once a week, or every so often, they might find out you are a great person. You know, you would make a good friend. You might not. Maybe you'll find out that not only you know, you know not only will we find out that you're awesome, but you might find out that we are awesome too. If you get if you hang around us and actually walk with us and work with us. But many people today, it's like they think they're just they're just going to waltz into church and we're just going to start blowing the trumpets and throwing confetti and it's just going to be this great party because they're there. And it never happens and it never is going to happen. And yet, and they figure out, why can't I make friends? Maybe it's because you're not doing anything. If you get involved in the work, you participate in what's going on in the church, you might end up making some friends. And soul winning is a great place to do it. Make a lot of close connections when you're out. Walking the streets, working on the same goal, having experiences together, getting chewed out together, getting cussed out together. That'll help bring you close, you know, but getting people saved together will help you get close. All these things are good for you. It will help you have the relationships that Pastor Trendy's trying to figure out how he can get in his church. It's all about the relationships today. How can we get people to just have relationships well, instead of having your little, you know, little focus group, you know, sit in a circle, you know, build community, you know, community comes in circles, not in rows. You know, instead of all that foolishness where you all act like you're in an AA program talking about your little problems and reading your 
little books and things from all these you know, wacko liberals out there. How about you go and do some work together? That will actually make you close. That will actually help you build relationships. When you actually go and experience things together. When you actually go and accomplish something together. You know, you're, you're not going to accomplish much sitting in a circle just having a big feel-good fest. Alright? At the end of the day, you're going to go home and you're going to know, I accomplished nothing. But when you go out and you get somebody saved, you actually accomplish something. When you go out and you actually maybe even get persecuted a little bit, that's going to help you form a bond. You'll actually have a real relationship. And it's amazing how Pastor Trendy is trying to figure out everything he could possibly do to build relationships in the church. And the best way it's ever been done is something that's not trendy. It's something that's goes all the way back to Jesus Christ and that's just soul winning. That'll actually get it done. But people are trying to find... You know, everybody's got to find the new way. No, just get back to the old paths. Alright, get back to the old paths where it's a good way. And boy, trendies hate it when you say old paths. Hate it when you say it. But they're in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. See now, so when you're out there as a silent partner... So you're not talking, but at the same time, you know, there are people that have gone out as a silent partner and I, I see why they think it's pointless. And it's because they do. It's like they just go walking out there all like, you know, I dare you to show me how I'm accomplishing anything by being here. Well, listen, you, know, you need to get focused, all right? You, you know, you need to pay attention to some things. But look, there, there is actually a job that you're going to do. It doesn't involve talking. But Philippians 2 verse 3 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This is why a lot of people don't want to be a silent partner. Is first of all, their life, their universe, everything, it's all about them. Everything revolves around them. And they don't see the value in them going along and being a silent partner in a situation. They don't see the value of that. They're so self-centered. And that's why they're not even interested in winning souls either. But at the same, but that, but what we're supposed to do, the mindset that we're supposed to have, okay, we don't do anything through strife or vainglory. Okay? That's not what this is about. This isn't about me being able to say, I led people to the Lord. Because if you're a silent partner, and your partner wins somebody to the Lord, you know what? You want them to the Lord too. That person went out, said more people went out because you went with them. You can count it for yours too. As far as God's concerned, if you want to, if you want to tally it up. Okay? You, you get a reward in that too. There is no doubt about it. But here's the thing. We're not doing things through strife. We're not competing. It's not through vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. When you're out there being a silent partner, here's what your job is to do. You're supposed to be paying attention. You're supposed to be watching and observing because one of your jobs you can do is remove distractions. You need to be paying attention to what's going on. All right? You know, and, and I've, I've had this happen before. And, you know, and it's happened a couple times when Brother Aaron's been with me and he's done this. Well, I'll be talking to somebody, and one thing I have to have to do, and sometimes when I'm talking to somebody, I will drop my tracks and stuff. Well, when I'm in the middle of my presentation, I don't want to stop and have to be picking all this stuff up, but you know, when I've done that, he steps up and he picks it all up. The self-centered person, you know, they're going to stand there and shake their head, I can't believe you did that. You know, you know a silent partner too. Another thing that helps sometimes, you know, people have demon-possessed dogs. Okay? And I'm telling you right now, you know how many people are going to go to hell because of dogs? Alright? There are so many houses that people are not going to listen because they got a demon-possessed dog yapping its brains out. And I wish the Lord would give me power to call out demons from dogs right there. And you know what? I wouldn't care if in the process of that exorcism it killed the dog. Alright? I'm sorry. But anyway, that, 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 dogs are one of the... You know, soul winning is one of the reasons I don't like dogs. Alright? They've helped send more people to hell than just about anything, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, sorry about that. But you know what? Sometimes, 
Hey, that's not fart. He can kind of pet that dog and pay attention to that dog. Because those dudes, those stupid, disgusting dogs, they all like to stick their nose where they always want to stick it while I'm talking. You know, that's, that is not going to put me in the spirit right there. All right? You know, if you go with me, go pet that stupid dog, all right? And I've done that before, man. I, who was I with? I was with somebody not too long ago, and they, I was being the silent partner, and I did. I was petting this dog for a long time. I'm just petting this dog, and I hated every minute of it. I hated every minute of it. I was like, I need to take care of this dog. They're giving the gospel. I wish I'd have been the talker on that one so they could have taken care of the stupid thing. And it smelled too. Alright? And they usually do smell. But anyway, you know, hey, if I was the talker, I want them taking care of that dog. If I was the person listening, okay, I would get distracted by a hyper dog. These things would be a distraction to me and as a, as a silent partner, you need to be observant. You're able to watch and see what's going on. And you can, a lot of times, you can eliminate those distractions. You can take care of things that are getting in the way, that are causing problems. Sometimes, it's another person. Okay, I've been out before. In fact, when I was at Brother Delello's church, I was going with one of the men. Uh, we went out sewing with one of the men in his church. And he was given the Gospel to this one man. The man's asking a lot of questions. The things are going pretty good. And then all of a sudden, some woman that's kind of sitting over there at another house with this apartment complex, she just time, all of a sudden she just chimes up. She's like, I saw this guy on the internet one time saying that homosexuals can't get saved. And I don't know who she was talking about for sure. I didn't ask. <laughs> but uh, I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if that's somebody I know. But anyway, she, she, so she, she brings that up and this other guy listening is like, you know, this is not a time for the reprobate doctrine, you know. And so I left and I went over and was talking to her so he could continue. And I did. I just kind of kept her distracted. And we talked about it for a long time. And, you know, and, I, and he, he talked to that guy for a long time. And I was just pretty much keeping her occupied. And I finally, I kind of answered her question. I explained everything to her and I thought we were all good. And so I kind of, you know, ended the conversation. I went back over to join him. And then a few minutes later, she chimes up again with another question. And so I had to go over there and, and talk with her again. And pretty much because she was a distraction. And that guy ended up, that other guy ended up getting saved. You know, and you, you, a silent party, you can do that. You've got to watch for things. You've got to be being observant. You can't be self-centered. And that's why a lot of silent part people, they never go out. They're so self-centered. They're like, I don't see the glory in not being the chief speaker like Paul. I don't see the glory in not being the one to lead them in the sinner's prayer. But let me tell you something. We don't do things through strife or vain glory. But even if we did do things for strife or vain glory, if you're being a silent partner, you are taking part in that person getting saved. So yes, there is some glory in that too. There is some glory in you being the one removing the distraction. And so the soul owner can stay focused on the Gospel. That happens quite a bit. The other day when me and Brother Mark were out, we were at, uh, uh, we were at a place and there were many people around. We, we, it was when we were at the house in Dixon the four people got saved. And man, we had a ton of distractions there. But there was a couple times because of just things that were happening. Man, the devil was fighting everywhere he could there where he was having a conversation with some of them over there and I was having a conversation with some of the other ones. You know? We were, we, I mean, we both teamed up on that. He led some of them in the sinner's prayer. I led some of the other ones in the sinner's prayer. I mean, it was, I mean, that, that, that was a challenging one. But I'm telling you, these people got it. But the devil fought in that situation. It would not have happened with one person at that house. One person would not have been able to get all of them saved. Too many things happened. But when there's two people and they're both paying attention, and that silent partner's paying attention, and they're removing things, when they're... They're not self-centered. They're not, they're, they understand, hey, I do have a purpose here. I do have a job. I want to try to make things as easy as possible. You know, another thing you can do too is you can pray. You know, you can be praying. Do we not need the help of the Holy Spirit in these things? Do we as soul winners not need to be filled with the Spirit of God? Do they not need the Holy Spirit of God drawing them to salvation? Well, you know what? If nothing's going on, if everything's going smooth... At the same time, we don't know what's going on in their heart. So you know what? You can be praying. Okay, if I'm giving the gospel, I'm not concentrating on praying. I'm concentrating on giving the gospel. But you can be concentrating on praying. These things can make a difference. Do we not believe that prayer works? Do we not believe that prayer influences things? 
and that God uses prayer? Well, the guy that's doing the talking can't be doing the praying. So you come along, you do some praying, you help out, in that, and you're going to be helping out in that situation in a way that can have an effect on whether that person gets saved or doesn't get saved. All right, are you all getting the point that the silent partners are important? That it is a huge deal. It is a it is a very big deal. But you know, and it's possible. And some people, some people, they will probably never be a talker. They might not ever want to be a talker. I, I could never do that. Well, I personally think eventually you're going to probably want to do it. But even if you don't, even if you never talk, you never verbally give somebody the gospel, even if you're a silent partner for the rest of your life, you will be accomplishing something for the rest of your life. More people will be getting saved through your life because you're being a silent partner. But at the same time, you know what? Even if you, you know, you do become a talker, or you're kind of doing it and trained to be a talker, or you're a talker, you know, and if, if you are a talker, don't think you're ever too good to be a silent partner. Okay? We all should be able to be a silent partner. Okay? We, we don't always just need to be hearing ourselves talk. But at the same time, when you have that silent partner, they can be backup if needed. Because you see, here's the thing. We're all limited in our knowledge, right? But you know, every one, of, every one of you in here, there's things that you know that I don't know. There's questions you can answer that maybe I can't answer. And sometimes, you know, you're going to have that situation where you might need that backup. You know, hey, you got an answer for this one? And... A lot of times, too, you know, you have that combination. And, and even, even if the person, you know, like when I, you know, when I was younger and I would go out with my dad or uh, Brother Bird or somebody like that that was, that was a really good soul winner, it gave me confidence knowing that if I did get stumped with a question, I had those guys as backup. And sometimes that extra confidence that you have will help you be able to answer the question yourself. Just knowing I've got backup. That can, that can help quite a bit because you might be able to answer a question as a silent partner that the other person might not. Sometimes we just have one of those brain freezes. And it's like, oh, what's, what's that passage in the Bible? You know? And a lot of times, you, you know, maybe it's a silent partner, you'll know it. Or maybe you can look it up. You know, you can pull out your phone and your Bible app and you can look these things up. I mean, there's so many things you can do to be a backup and to be a help. But also, you being there you are giving them extra credibility to their message. You know why? Because you're an extra witness. Matthew 18, 16 says, But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. We see throughout the Bible that principle of the two or three witnesses. Why is that? Well, because one person can witness anything. They can, they can say whatever. But when you have the two witnesses that agree together, it gives it credibility, doesn't it? Whenever they put Jesus on trial, there were all kinds of people witnessing against them, but you know what? They couldn't even get two witnesses to agree together, could they? And they still crucified Him anyway. They ran Him through anyway. But the thing is, it was their law that they, weren't, they were not able to condemn anybody unless there were two or three witnesses. And when you go out... If, if, if I'm by myself, it's, you know, people, it's going to be a lot easier for people to think, this guy's just a nut job. He's telling me I can get to heaven without works and I can never lose my salvation. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I think you're off the wall. I think you're just a nut job. And you know what? They might think it with two people too, but you know what? You're less likely. When there's two people that are agreeing on the same thing, it helps give credibility. You're kind of a backup. I remember I did taxes for one year. When I went, when I became self-employed as an assistant pastor, I wanted to know how to do taxes. So I went, I did a tax school, and I worked at that tax place for just one tax season because I wanted to learn how to do taxes and stuff. It was a way to make a little extra money. And it was my first year doing it. I hadn't been doing it very long. And I was, I was, uh, I was waiting for my next uh, client to come in. And all of a sudden, one of the other tax preparers, one of the very experienced tax preparers who had been doing it for years, comes up to me and she's like, Tommy, I need you to come and look over this guy's tax form. And it, I forgot what kind it was. It was one of these really complicated ones. And I said, I was like, if you don't know if it's right, I'm not going to know if it's right. 
You know, this, this was one of the real complicated ones they didn't normally have me do. And she's like, she's like, I know that. I just need you to look at it and tell them that it all looks good because he just thinks he, he wants somebody else to look at it. For whatever reason, and a lot of people are like that. And I learned what she was talking about. There's a lot of people, if they don't, they don't, nobody understands the tax code. Alright? Nobody gets it. Okay? But we assume the software is telling the truth, alright? The software knows what it's doing. And a lot of times people, they're always hearing stuff from their friends. Their friends are always telling them all these tax facts that aren't true. And so a lot of times they come and they want to argue with us. No, I know that's not right. I should be getting more money back than that. And so what we would often do, is we would get another preparer to come and check and look it over to make sure it was right. Well, in many cases, and in that case where I looked it over, I didn't even know what I was looking at. But they didn't know that. And so I remember I just went and I, just, I was just like, okay. So I just I remember I walked over there, I just went, and I'm looking at it. Yeah, that looks right, looks right. I'm looking at everything, and I, I asked a couple of questions. I said, did you enter this? You know, knowing that she did. You know, she's like, yeah, I got that. I was like, okay. And so I was like, yeah, this looks perfect. Uh, I, this looks absolutely right. It looked right. <laughs> I didn't see anything wrong. And he was just like, all right. And then he signed it. All right. And now you said I was being dishonest. Well, she had it right. All right. I'm sure she did. I trust this lady. She knew what she was doing. But at the same time, she understood that it helps when there's a second witness. It, it we, we all like that. It's just a part of us. It's a part of the law of God, and it's a part, of, and many of the laws we have in our country today, that second witness, it gives credibility to what's being said. And so you going along, you being a part of that, the fact that it's not just me by myself, or even one of you minister to all, you know, as the pastor, people might think I'm a little credible because I'm actually a pastor, but if you're just a church member, well, how do I know you're not just some nut job in the church? How do I know that you're not the village idiot of the church? You know, I mean, you know, they, but when you have that extra person there, it does. It helps give credibility. So you matter. You make a difference. And we need everyone we can get when it comes to getting the Gospel spread. Many people think, because I'm not a good speaker, or because I don't have a lot of Bible knowledge, that I can't be a help. But that is not the case. This method that we have of sending people out two by two goes back to what Jesus Christ did. And I'm not planning on changing that method. I don't think we'll get twice as much done if we send people out one by one. I think we'll get less done. I think we'll get more done if we send them out two by two. But you know what? If, we, if, silent, if it's all talkers showing up and no silent partners, then we're not going to see as much. We need the people that are going to come and be the silent partner. We don't need to be sending out you know, two talkers together. We will if that's what shows up, if that's what we have to do. But you've got to understand when you show up, if you don't say a word and don't think, well, if I come and I do this long enough, you all are going to assume I know what to do and you're going to make me be a talker. No, we won't. We will not make you be a talker. We will wait until you want to be. And if that never happens, that's fine. More soul winning will be getting done just because you went out, more people will be getting saved just because you went out and you didn't even open your mouth. That is a fact. That is how it is. And I want it to be known here at Liberty Baptist Church that silent partners matter. Hashtag silent partners matter. Alright, I'm going to start a hashtag. You matter. You make a difference. People are going to be getting saved. You're going to receive rewards in heaven. Do you not want rewards in heaven? And people think I can't. I'm not going to get rewards in heaven because I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to communicate. I don't know. How, I don't know how to, to spread the gospel. Then just go out and be a silent partner. And if you do that, you will rack up rewards in heaven, just like the person giving out the gospel. So understand that. Don't let the devil tell you you don't matter. Don't let the devil tell you you showing up won't make a difference. It will make a difference. There are. I, I believe with all my heart. There are churches all over that have abandoned soul winning that would not have abandoned Solney if they just had some silent partners show up. I wonder how many pastors have had one person that showed up for soul winning and because they, was the only, they were the only person besides the pastor, they never went out again. What if there had been another silent partner? What if there had been one more person? So I know that's not, a, that's not a good excuse to go, but you know what? A lot of people, when they first get saved, they first get in church, they're not always the most spiritual people in the world. 
You know, and, and it, is, it's, it is discouraging when you have a church of 500 people and two people show up for soul winning. That, that stinks. You know, I like, you know, I was encouraged by the number of people that we had out there today. The percentages we have are a lot higher than most churches today. But you know what? We've been to church where it was just me. And it, it was only me going out. And you know what? It would have meant a lot to me. There were times that I did not... I'll just confess it. Fire me if you want. But I, there were times I did not go out because nobody showed up. I'm sorry. You all go ahead and you know, cast your stones whatever. At least I showed up. <laughs> I didn't do anything. But, you know, that, that's, just like, that, that's how it is. And so, I hope you, you understand. I hope I was able to express to this the importance of being a silent partner. They... They are necessary, and there are there's there's going to be some people one of these days. I believe they're going to stand before God, and they're going to receive many many rewards. And maybe that person never out loud gave the gospel in their life, but they were there. They were supportive of one who did, and God sees that. God sees that, and they're going to get the credit they deserve on that day. And you know what? The, the great thing, you know, it takes no special skill, no special talent. Pretty much the only skill you need to have is to not be a self-centered jerk that can't see past the nose and the end of your face. That's pretty much it. That's all you've got to have going for you. And you could be a good, effective, silent partner. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. We thank you so much for your word. I thank you for those who, uh, soul and who give the gospel. Dear God, I thank you so much for those who go out and are just an encouragement and just a support and a motivation. Lord, I thank you for the silent partners that are all over. I thank you for those who... Uh, who've come to, even come to our Solny Marathon. They've traveled just to be a silent partner. Lord, those people mattered. They made a difference. More people got saved because of what they did. And Lord, I, I pray You'll help uh, silent partners all, all over to realize just how valuable they are. And I pray that this message, Lord, will motivate people to understand that they could help accomplish great things and uh, see great things happen and many people saved. If they'll just show up and uh, just be that silent partner. And I, I pray You'll help us to uh, have that mindset like you. We won't do things to strive for vainglory, but uh, we'll do things for the right reasons. We'll see many people saved as a result. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's.